listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 5th of April 2022. The Reserve Bank has left official interest rates on hold at 0.1% today, but it is becoming increasingly likely that there will be a first interest rate rise in more than 10 years over the coming months, but likely after the federal election, which hasn't been called yet, but likely to be in mid-May. So for more, I spoke earlier with Shane Oliver. He is the Chief Economist at AMP Capital. The Reserve Bank statements today was far more hawkish than we've seen for for some time now. Uh, quite clearly, I think the Reserve Bank is setting the groundwork for an interest rate hike sometime in the next few months. Gown, gone is any reference to it being patient in terms of assessing the outlook for inflation, and also gone is any reference to the uncertainties about whether the rise in inflation will be sustained. So basically what's happening here is the Reserve Bank is confident about the outlook for growth and unemployment, but it is getting more concerned about the rise in inflation, and consequently I think it's setting the scene for a rate hike sometime in the next couple of months. In fact, it goes as far as saying it's going to be focused on the wages numbers, the inflation numbers that come out over the next few months. Yeah, so what, when we talk about those wages numbers and the inflation numbers, what do we mean exactly? When can we expect them? And what does that mean exactly for the timing of the first interest rate rise? In other words, will the election play a role? Well, basically, we've got March quarter inflation numbers coming out at the end of this month. And they're likely to show another sharp rise in inflation, well above what the Reserve Bank's assuming. Then we've got March quarter wages numbers coming out in the second half of May. So um, that's probably likely to be around the time of the election. But it means that the Reserve Bank is focused on the inflation numbers at the end of April. The wages numbers in the second half of May probably won't raise rates in the first part of May when it meets next. So it might be raising rates in the middle of the election campaign, but it quite probably will raise rates come the June meeting in two months' time. So it looks to me like it's set up a situation here where it's saying, well, we're waiting for these inflation numbers and wage numbers to come out. They won't come out in full till the end of May, so we'll wait till then and review, obviously, in June. But it looks to me like they're heading quite clearly in a hawkish direction. They're itching to start raising interest rates, although they're not saying as much, and they are politically sensitive here. They don't want to upset the government because we are effectively already in an election campaign, Um, but they are signalling that rate hikes are imminent, um, and I think they're going to come in June. Okay, so first one in June, all up, how many do you see coming? And what's that likely to mean for the economy? And in other words, can can borrowers handle these these interest rate rises that are coming? Well, right now, the cash rate is at 0.1%. The general expectation is the first hike will be 0.15% to get us back to that 0.25% number the Reserve Bank usually focuses on. So that's probably what we're going to see in June. Thereafter, we'll probably see another three rate hikes taking the official cash rate to 1% by the end of the year. So that's quite a significant increase in interest rates. It will mean that a standard variable mortgage rate will go up by around one percentage point uh, between now and the end of the year. Um, Hopefully, uh, people will be able to withstand that because new borrowers are assessed on the basis of an interest rate buffer of 25 to 3%. So that should provide some protection. But nevertheless, it is going to mean a substantial rise in interest costs for people with a mortgage that have been used to these record low interest rates. Now, of course, 
The flip side to all that is uh, that the Reserve Bank knows that Australians have a lot more debt than in the past, so it won't need to raise interest rates as much as it has in the past to control inflation because interest rate hikes will be more potent than they have been in the past. So I, I think, yes, by the end of the year, we're going to be at 1%. We might see some more hikes through next year, but we'll probably top out next year at around 1.5%. And the fact Australians have all that extra debt is one factor putting a lid on how much interest rates can go up. The Australian dollar, it surged to a near 10-month high immediately after the RBA meeting. It's around 76 US. What does this mean for the economic recovery? Well, basically, the rise in the Aussie dollar reflects the fact that the market was surprised at how hawkish the Reserve Bank was. Now, the market is now focusing on the Reserve Bank raising interest rates by more. That makes it more attractive to park money in Australia, pushes the value of the Aussie dollar up. Now, obviously, higher interest rates and a higher Australian dollar will act as dampeners on Australian economic growth. A higher Australian dollar makes it um, makes Australian companies less competitive internationally. So that's going to be a bit of a dampener on growth. Flip side, I guess, though, is that commodity prices are also at very high levels, so there's a bit of an offset there. Yes, it will make life tougher for exporters, but they're getting an offset from higher commodity prices. So I don't think the rise in the Aussie dollar will be a huge constraint on Australian economic growth going forward, providing commodity prices remain pretty strong, which they probably will. In fact, ultimately, we see the Aussie dollar heading up to around 80 cents uh, towards the end of the year or early next year. So I, I think that's one thing we'll have to get used to. A rising Aussie dollar may not be a bad thing if we want to go on an overseas holiday as uh, travel reopens, but um, it is going to make life a little bit more difficult for Australian exporters. Shane Oliver there, the Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Now, the Australian share market was trending stronger throughout the day, but actually fell a bit following that RBA decision by the close of 200 up by 0.2% to 7,527. For more, I spoke earlier with Michael McCarthy. He is the Chief Strategy Officer at Tiger Brokers Australia. Michael, the market's now within reach of a record high despite a really bad start to the year. What's changed? What's changed is that we've seen confirmation that economies here in Australia and around the globe are growing strongly as they emerge from the COVID restrictions. And the evidence for that has come through. We saw strong GDP numbers. We've seen strong participation uh, in factory orders, for example, overnight. Uh, but we've also seen at the company level, we've seen companies bouncing back, their revenues coming back and their profitability returning as they emerge from the COVID restrictions. And it's that confirmation and the willingness of share investors to focus uh, on that positive news that's really lifting markets. But I would point out there's another factor in play here. Since 2009, almost every investor around the globe who has bought on a dip has done very well. And that 13 years of success in buying the dip and, and whether investors started back then or they started in the COVID sell-off, they've had success with this strategy. It's now been, as the behavioural economists say, imprinted on them. And that means that they're more likely to buy the dip whenever they see a sell-off, regardless of the news flow. Now, this sort of dynamic won't last forever, but at the moment, the momentum is very clear uh, and it does seem like we'll see further buying of the dip before this cycle is over. We are, however, in an inflationary environment. Interest rates are rising around the globe. Even though the RBA didn't lift today, expectations are that it will sometime soon. What's the market thinking in terms of when we'll see interest rates start to rise and just how aggressively? 
Well, bond traders have had a rare volatile start to the year. Normally a very steady market. Bond and bill markets have been winning around this year, and that reflects the uncertainty around the outlook. And as you rightly point out, the inflation outlook in particular. Now, markets were pricing an even chance of a rate rise today. And although the RBA didn't deliver it, the change in language that we saw in the statement has bond and bill traders now expecting a rate rise almost certainly in May and certainly and potentially a second interest rate rise by June. So it appears that we're on the verge of uh, interest rate rises. The RBA gave, the governor gave a very good hint today that the RBA will be revising its projections for the rest of the year in its next statement in May. And that might be the signal uh, that markets uh, must prepare for. At this stage, bond markets are reflecting an interest rate rise up to 1.75% by the end of the year. So they're plotting a very steep path for interest rates. We saw a reaction in the market today with the RBA removing that language. The share market instantly sold off by about half a percent, and that might be flagging what could happen if the RBA does deliver on its change in language about interest rates today. So when interest rates start to rise, what does it mean generally for shares? Well, generally speaking, share markets tend to rise in the first part of the tightening cycle. That's because the tightening is coming about because of stronger economic conditions, and uh, share investors tend to respond to those strong economic conditions. The problem this time around is one of the key drivers of the longest bull run we've ever seen in modern share markets has been those low interest rates and highly liquid conditions. And that's why the market is so sensitive to them this time around. So the normal honeymoon period where share investors focus on the good news might be shorter in this cycle than it has been in previous cycles. Surely, though, there are still some opportunities in this kind of environment for investors. What do you see? Oh, absolutely. Look, the only game in town for a long time has been momentum. And whether you're finding that momentum in US tech stocks or in local buy now, pay later stocks, that's the game that's currently running. Now, the momentum at the moment in the share market is clearly positive, both here and around the globe. And while that's the case, there's potential upside for those momentum stocks. However, given the warnings that are being flashed by commodity markets with those rising uh, oil prices and by bond markets with those rising interest rates, it would be wise for all investors to consider what their risk is like should share markets start to correct and whether or not they're prepared for a significant pullback in the market. And speaking of momentum, one really hot sector at the moment is lithium. Again, today, some of those lithium players doing really well. Just very briefly, what's your take on it? And has the horse bolted for those that want to get in? It's a great example of a momentum market because so far we don't even have the technology to utilise all the lithium that's being produced for future electric batteries. But nonetheless, uh, it's been a great experience for many investors. The problem is a lot of those rises are very steep. We've seen between 100 and 200% gains in some of these stocks since the beginning of the year. And that's too steep for mine. I think a lot of investors would be waiting for a pullback in lithium stocks before getting involved. Michael McCarthy there from Tiger Brokers Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.